he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the lord god will give to him the throne of his ancestor david he will reign over the house of jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end jesus christ the king of israel and king of the world though this feast is celebrated in the church very solemnly very often people are not aware of the biblical implications and the reasons why jesus is called the king and also about the qualities of this king in this episode we are going to reflect on these matters welcome to greater glory of god podcast we accept jesus as the king and we do celebrate him as our king but what are the biblical implications and the background of his kingship but which we need to understand then we would realize the importance of jesus being called the king first of all the people of israel had only one king that was god himself it was god himself who led the people of israel out of slavery from egypt and it was he who was fighting for them about which we can read in so many passages for example when gideon led the people in wars the people wanted to make him king but he said i will not rule over you and my son will not rule over you the lord will rule over you judges chapter 8 verse 23 because it was very much clear for them that it was god himself who was the king though invisible but later we find that when israel was settled as a great kingdom not like any other kingdom as a great nation they saw that other countries were ruled by human kings and there they found a great king and huge armies and here israel which was called a great nation didn't have a king as the other nations had that's why people went to samuel and asked for a king about which we can read in the first book of samuel chapter 8 verses from 4 to 22 there is a long dialogue between people and prophet samuel and prophet samuel and god they all had great discussions we need to read this passage please do read i would read for you one or two sentences there and here just for our reflection here the people went to samuel prophet and said you are old and your sons do not follow in your ways appoint for us then a king to govern us like other nations this was the problem of the people of israel they wanted to be like any other nation but we know god wanted the people of israel to be his own people very much different from any other nation but they did not want to be so they asked for a king but samuel wouldn't listen to them 
Then God speaks to Samuel and said, Listen to the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. So it was very clear that the people of Israel wanted a human king because they couldn't see God as their king. Because he was invisible. They wanted a human king who would lead them in wars and to govern them. Because they wanted a king whom they can see. God is invisible. And so they couldn't see him. So they wanted a human king. And there is a long dialogue between the people of Israel and Samuel. Samuel would explain to them what would happen if they were to have a human king. But they wouldn't listen to him. And they said, no, but we are determined to have a king over us so that we also may be like other nations and that our king may govern us and go out before us and fight our battles. This was the basic reason why they were asking for a human king. And at the end, God gives them a king. There were three great kings. Definitely God was their real king. But human kings, Saul was the first one. And next, David. And next, King Solomon. It was only King Solomon who ruled the undivided Israel till 916 BC. David in the initial stage had only a part of the entire nation. Later on only the huge nation accepted him as their king. It's a historical facts. But once Solomon dies in the year 916 BC, the kingdom was divided as south and north. The south was called Judah and north Israel. The southern part, Judah was ruled by Rehoboam, son of Solomon, and the north was ruled by Jeroboam, son of Nebat, about which we can read in the first Kings chapter 12 and 13. And the northern kingdom was destroyed by the Assyrians in 722 BC, about which we can read in second Kings chapter 17 and Judah. The southern kingdom was destroyed in 587 BC by the Babylonians, about which we can read in 2 Kings chapter 25. And after the exile, when they returned back, they never thought of having a king for themselves again. They wouldn't ask for a king. So this was a historical understanding about the kings in Israel. But what was that factor that made these kings, kings of Israel? There was something very much different for them. That is the presence of the spirit in them. They were anointed kings because they were to be the sacrament of God. In a sense, they were the visible sign of the invisible God about which we can read in 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 13 it is written when David was anointed with oil by Samuel the spirit of the Lord 
came mightily upon David from that day forward. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily. And when Saul disobeyed God, it is written, Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 14. So therefore, though they demanded for a human king, God wouldn't forsake them. Rather, he would be present through their kings and rule them. But we know things didn't go well. The kings went on their own way. So the presence of the spirit in the king was something very much essential for them to be the king of Israel. Then there comes the Davidic covenant, the promise for a messiah, a king. 2 Samuel chapter 7 verses from 12 to 14, we have this Davidic covenant where God promised to give them a king who would rule over Israel forever, not for a very short time period as did David or his son Solomon. So this promise was given to King David himself. God said, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come forth from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him and he shall be a son to me. So here it's very clear that this promise is not about Solomon because we know as just a while ago we saw how after the death of King Solomon the kingdom was torn apart into two and given to two different people. So it was the promise of a messiah, a king would rule over Israel forever. And this promise which kept the people in exile hopeful. They knew that God had promised of a great king, a Davidic king who would rule over them, the Messiah. That's why we find when Jesus comes, people go and ask him, if you are the Messiah, let us know. John the Baptist himself sends his disciples to ask Jesus, let us know if you are the Messiah. And definitely this Messiah would be led by the Spirit, as we have seen a while ago. God foretold through prophet Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1 to 3 that the Spirit of the Lord would dwell upon this King, the Messiah. He said, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. It is that spirit. And again, through prophet Ezekiel, God foretold, chapter 37, verses 24 and 25, My servant David shall be king over them, and they shall all have one shepherd. They shall follow my ordinances, and be careful to observe my statutes. They shall live in the land that I gave to my servant Jacob, in which your ancestors live. They and their children and their children's children shall live there forever. 
and my servant David shall be their prince forever. We know when the book of Ezekiel was written, David was not there. Actually, it was already a time of exile, the 6th century BC. And King David lived much, much, much before. So this servant David is not King David himself, but rather the son of David, the promised Messiah. So here it's very clear. These passages are all speaking about Christ the King, the promised Messiah. Now all these promises lead to one person, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Jesus is King by the mere fact of his being born in the house of David. St. Matthew wrote the genealogy of Jesus, keeping this in mind, to present Jesus as the son of both Abraham and of David. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 And also of God, which is clear from the dream of Joseph. Matthew 1, 18-25 So the Davidic covenant is being fulfilled in and through the person of Jesus himself. As he is called the son of David, the promised Messiah is to come. And this Davidic covenant comes to its fulfillment when the angel Gabriel reveals to Mary about the greatness of the child to be born of her, saying, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Luke chapter 1, 30-33 This was the promise made to David by God himself through prophet Nathan, as we have seen before. 2 Samuel 7, 12-13 and Psalm 89:36. But as we have seen before, there has to be this anointing, anointing of the king. When did this take place in the life of Jesus? The anointing of Jesus as the king is fulfilled or took place in his baptism at the Jordan. There was no oil used, but we see the spirit himself descending upon him and dwelling in him. Because the baptismal account says, when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and dwelling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Matthew 3, 16 and 17. Thus, Jesus is king not only because he was born of a seed of David, that is to say, son of David, but also because he was anointed by the Spirit in his baptism. And very often this fact is forgotten. This anointing of 
Jesus with the Spirit. It was not a necessity for Jesus actually, but it was to reveal to Israel about their king, about the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. As David was anointed by Samuel the prophet, Jesus was anointed by John the Baptist, the last of the prophets. David was anointed by, could be said, the most important and uh, the first prophet, can be said, though Moses also was a prophet. But in the case of Jesus, the father spoke out certifying that Jesus was his son, the king. This is the same statement found in the enthronement Psalms. For example, Psalm chapter 2 verse 7. You are my son, today I have begotten you. You are my son. So these biblical passages and these promises all reveal about Jesus as the real king promised by God himself. And we would have a second part to this reflection where we would see how Jesus is really king and how he is different from other kings. So please do watch the part two of this as well.